0: This is Case Closed, Crime Stories from the Golden Age of Radio. This is Case Closed, your weekly hour of old time radio crime, which you can find every Wednesday at relicradio.com. Our first story this week comes from Casey, crime photographer. It's his story from December 18th, 1947, titled The Life of the Party. After that, it's Let George Do It and Death in Blue Jeans, his story from June 6th, 1949.
1: The Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation brings you Crime Photographer.
2: Hiya, Casey. Hiya, Ethelbert. Well, I see you got the windows and mirrors all dolled up again for the holidays. Yeah, the same guy comes every winter and paints them for us. Mm. Like little Jack Frost. huh you remember, when you were a kid, they told you Jack Frost painted those ice flowers on the window. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll try it on Tony. Hey, Tony, yeah? who's the famous artist that paints on glass?
1: Oh, that's easy, Jack Frost. And uh, speaking of glass, everybody knows that Anchor Hawking is the most famous name in glass. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, a cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole. Our adventure for tonight The Life of the Party. One of the most interesting sections of our city is known as Whitaker Grange, with its winding streets and century old houses where artists have established a colony. The more successful live and work in a narrow, dead end alley called Gedney's Close. And in the late afternoon, a familiar, battered looking automobile pulls up near the entrance of Gedney's Close. I guess I have to park
2: here, Annie. They so don't let you drive into this alley. Well,
3: I prefer to walk the rest of the way, Casey. I love to look at these old houses.
2: Yeah, you do? Well, I got my camera and stuff. Come on, let's go. Okay. Higgins' studio is that big stone barn at the dead end there.
3: Mm. I'm going to get a big thrill out of seeing his studio and
2: meeting him again.
3: I think Andre Higgins is our greatest living sculptor.
2: Well, he was. He hasn't been producing top quality lately, though. The art critics say this new bronze group that you're going to interview him about is only run of the mill. I know.
3: He's too busy playing to really work, I guess.
2: Yeah. It's a sweet scented crowd he plays around with, too. Well, I've
3: never met any of him except his model, Marcel certainly no bargain.
2: Oh, wait a minute. Abby. She's the only one who is a bargain. That gal's the most gorgeous brunette I've ever looked at. Really? Uh, well, I mean of her type. Abby.
3: I don't know how a cultured, mature man like Andre Higgins can stand having her around, let alone be in love with her, as he apparently is.
2: Well, at least she's not dangerous. I can't say that for one of Andre's other pals. Who? Blister Hogan.
3: He's a pal of Andre Higgins? We've
2: seen together a lot.
3: Oh, Casey, Blister Hoagland's suspected of a couple of murders. The cops have been trying to nail him for years. Uh-huh. How can Higgins associate with a man like that?
2: I don't know. He's a strange guy. Like all famous artists, he attracts parasites who live on reflected glory. He's either too weak or too good-natured to give him the brush off again. Uh-oh. Hey, look at that guy. He just came out of Higgins' place. didn't
3: <laughs> He must be headed for a costume
2: party. <laughs> yeah, look at the green velvet pants on
3: him. It's <laughs> fantastic. And that bright yellow smock. And a red beret.
2: If he goes outside of this deserted alley, a cop will pinch him for obstructing travel. Trev- <laughs> Annie...
3: What's he doing with that big knife? He
2: Ooh, stabbed himself, Casey. Annie. Quick, come on.
3: He fallen to the sideboard. Oh, I can see the knife handle sticking out of his chest. And his blight.
2: He drove that blade right into his heart.
3: Is yes, he dead?
2: We gotta get a doctor, quick. Yeah, and the police. This guy came out of Higgins' place. Punch that doorbell, Annie, <laughs> will you? The door's open. Hello, Casey. It's William. Andre, Andre, come in. I saw you two from my window, so I. What's happened here? This guy just committed suicide. We saw him do it. Good heaven. Well, who is he? Why did he come out Please. of here? bedroom parlor? Art student?
3: student? Why, well, he looked at least 50 years old.
2: Well, I'm glad the poor devil can't hear you say that, Miss Williams. He liked women to think of him as uh, young. He was the life of every party he attended. That should be his epitaph. He was the life of the party. Poor well, he's gone, and there's nothing we can do to bring him back. Uh, come inside and meet some friends of mine. We're having cocktails. Uh, what can I make for you, Miss Williams? The Wait a minute, Andre. You knew this guy. He just killed himself in front of your door. And it was most inconsiderate of him. Oh, I. I know you think I'm callous, but I'm a realist. Well, <laughs> now that I've spoken so frankly, how about a cocktail? We'll skip
3: it. Definitely.
2: Well, now, apparently, I've shocked you. Ah, my guests are coming out.
3: Why are you staying outside so long, Andre? Yeah,
2: what's the big idea?
3: Andre, I want you to make me another drink. Oh,
2: Daisy.
3: Oh, Marcel. Oh, mon Dieu, why is Bert lying on the sidewalk?
2: He's committed suicide, Marcel. Suicide? A knife in his chest. He stabbed himself, Tom.
3: The poor sap did it because of Marcel, I suppose.
2: Probably, Daisy.
3: Well, I could not help it if he was in love with me and I did not want to make marriage with him. He knew my heart belonged to André. He should have. You tell the world your heart belongs to André when André's around.
2: How oh, do you mean that last sentence? Never mind. Brilliant. Daisy. You uh, know Marcel, of course. Yeah?
3: Except they're mine, okay. And Miss Williams. Mm-hmm.
2: I uh, don't think you've met Mrs. Leland Carmichael. Noted for her wealth, the five-husband she's divorced, and her vulgar display of diamonds.
3: <laughs> gals who can get husbands, get them, Andre. And gals who can buy diamonds, wear him. Glad to meet you, chum.
2: Call me Daisy. And uh, this is Tom Thompson. He's an artist and... Uh, a bad one. Candor can sometimes be more unpleasant than refreshing, André. Nice to know you, Miss Williams. Mr. Casey. Thanks.
3: Now, let us all go inside and get to drink. Oh, no, wait a
2: minute. We'll have to do something about poor Bert, won't we?
3: Oh, that's Father Lamley. Oh, I've never met such as callous, inhuman people in my life. Neither
2: have I. And Higgins, I never could figure you, but I kidded myself you were a right guy. Now, I see you're nothing but a louse. As for these characters you call your friends. Why, get Higgins. out of my way. I'm going into your joint and call the cops.
3: And I'm going with
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Oh, they're
3: laughing!
2: <laughs> yeah. Annie, look at the dead guy. Look
3: at him. He's getting up. The handle of that knife still picking out. It's <laughs> a gag. Oh, <laughs> now you'll for it, John.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Williams, Casey, meet the late cop, Bert Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Oh, me. <laughs>
4: If you could have seen yourself, you thought I'd done a harikari.
2: <laughs> the old collapsible knife trick and a little red ink to make it look better.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the knife blade slipped into the handle when I hit myself. See? We've <laughs> been a fine pair of dope skates. Listen, uh, you don't pay a thing. <laughs>
2: Bird cooked up the joke when I mentioned you were coming, and we watched for you. Why, I uh, hope you're not stall. Oh, no, anything but.
3: <laughs> we can take it. And you certainly handed it out. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get a laugh on somebody else before you leave here. I'll see to that.
2: (laughs) You can depend on Bert. He's quite a frank...
4: uh, Yeah, I know a million gags. (laughs) Our little Bert loves fun. (laughs) Well, why shouldn't I, Daisy? Fun never hurt
3: anybody.
5: (laughs) That's a debatable question.
3: (laughs) What do
4: you
5: mean, Tom?
3: Oh, do not talk so much, Bert. Let's all go inside. Come on, I want a drink.
2: Uh, Let's Uh, go in, Casey, Miss Williams. (laughs) Oh, uh, close the door, Tom, and... uh, Keep the common people out.
3: Ooh, what a lovely studio you have, Mr. Higgins. It's so big. Oh, you, you can lose yourself in this one. Say, where's Blister? I,
2: oh, I forgot that. Ah! Here, I, here I am.
3: Oh, he was sitting behind that statue.
2: Miss William, Casey, let me present Mr. Hopeless. We already know Blister Hopeless. How'd you like the gag they pulled on you, Casey? Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Good enough. We fell for it. Yeah, I know. I was watching from the window. Why didn't you come outside with the others? You'd have made the gag better. Just how? Well, if I'd seen you around, I'd have thought Bert Fallon's phony suicide was a murder. Why would you have thought that? You've, You've done several dead. jobs of killing, haven't you? Cops never proved it. They'll get the goods on you someday. Your luck will run out. I don't like this kind of talk. Yes, okay, Andre, I'm a good-natured guy. you never lose his temper. <laughs> Casey's sore because Bert's suicide gag made him look like a sap, and he's trying to needle me to get even. But I'm a good sport. I can take things as they come and laugh with. When...
4: Oh! Oh! What's what? My foot! My foot's on fire! Oh! <laughs> the old hot foot gag blister! I snuck up and stuck a match in your shoe. Oh, boy. I told you, Casey, you'd get a laugh on somebody you else. You
2: love these little clown. out! <laughs>
4: Wait,
2: Let him go, Blister. Let go of him around Okay, Casey. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> the joke's on me. Have a drink with me, Bert. old pal. Let's all have a drink. Hey, honestly, I met you one of my friends.
3: Blister problems. would have killed that
2: little man if you had
3: stopped him, Casey. Yeah. We really stepped into something yeah. when we came here today.
2: I'll say we did. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I'd like to get out of here, Casey. Yeah, so would I, I Annie.
2: Mean, you came here for an interview, and until you get it, we yeah, got I,
3: I simply haven't been able to pin Higgins down. He's all over the place. So is
2: everybody else.
3: How can a man like Higgins put up with such people? They have no talent, no intellect, nothing to recommend them.
2: Daisy, that big overstuffed gal, told me this was dear Andre's inner circle.
3: Oh,
2: Casey,
3: huh? you think all those diamonds that Daisy wears are the real thing?
2: No, nah, she told me they're imitations. All except the big headlight she wears on her finger. That's a lot of carrots of the real McCoy. She says she's superstitious. She always wears it because her first husband gave it to her for luck.
3: She's taking a big chance wearing anything valuable around a crook like blister holter. And I wouldn't trust that Marcel very far, either. You don't like Marcel, do you, (laughs) I've never met such a phony. Look at her over there. Chewing gum like a chopping machine. And playing footy footy with Thompson.
2: Seems to be a little double timing going on with that young artist. She's been Higgins gal for a long time. Ah, well. Here comes Higgins. Well, what are you two doing there by yourself? Your body sort of wandered away from us, Andre. <laughs> people do scatter out in this big barn. Uh, come on, the bar. Let me fill your glass. No, thanks. We're working people.
3: I gotta get that story from you, Mr. Higgins. I know now.
2: You comply me with questions over the next yeah. drink, Miss Williams.
3: Is that a promise?
2: Definite yes, promise. Come on Well,
3: yeah. okay. Hi, Daisy.
2: I found him in the jungle, and I'm bringing him back alive.
3: Good hunting, Jeff.
2: Uh, Marcel, oh, yes. Tom, uh, you gather around, too.
3: John Kirby, Andre that? the
2: master's voice. I'm not going to get that in. the you think. not right now. Blister, Blister, huh? uh, what do you want? I'm gathering the clan. Come to the bar. Uh,
4: uh, I was grabbing a nap.
2: I'm <laughs> gathering the clan. I'm bringing in the sheep. He's <laughs> got himself a snoop. So is Daisy. Look at her. Now that we're all together, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Now, What's now, the not, the not, the now, now, quiet, all the of the you. Top. Now that we're all together, my dearest friend, we're
3: not all here. Where's Bert?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, where's Bert? Oh, hey,
3: hey, Bert! Andre, Andre, chérie, maybe he's asleep sweetheart. Let's soon him up. He'd be so beautiful here without.
2: Him. Oh, now we need Bert, Marcel. He's always the life of the party. The party's better without his kind of life. No unfunny comedy, no practical jokes. Tom, ah, Bert, a cow. Yeah, maybe you cow.
3: <laughs> the last gag he pulled had at me as well, lad. Your foot still feels hot, Blister?
2: Yeah, that was very funny, Daisy.
3: <laughs> the way you took it, it was trying to kill the poor twerk.
2: Now lay off, will you?
3: Maybe I'd better, knowing your reputation. Well, i
4: got to find Bert.
3: Bert! Yeah,
2: where is Bert? Oh, Bert. Tommy, where Tommy,
3: while well, is oh, looking, you seek me if I say Okay, myself. Will somebody have a stick of chewing gum? Oh, let's look up. Nobody uses it, but we sometimes get the benefit of it after you use it. You shouldn't stick the wads of it on chairs. Ah! Show my glass, too, Tom, here. Ah! What's the matter? My ring. My ring's gone. My big diamond, the real one. Well,
2: well, you had it on me. You were talking to me, Daisy. I
3: know it, Casey. I was talking to you and Bert about... Bert! Hey. He was holding my hand after you left. He slipped it off. Bert
2: wouldn't steal a ring. Well, of
3: course he wouldn't. Thomas, another of unfunny jokes. Where is I wrong? Let me get my hands on him.
6: Don't
2: that hand me a lad. Laugh. Oh, <laughs> shut up, Lisa. Oh, so, Casey. Yes, uh, everyone. Uh,
6: What's the matter?
2: Come here. What is it? What do
6: you
2: I've mean? just found Bert dead. 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 dead? Is this another gag? No not breathing. I think he's been murdered.
1: Our story will continue in just a moment. Nothing is quite so comforting as a good hot cup of coffee, particularly the first thing in the morning. But that's the very time of day when everyone is in a hurry. Well, here's a way to enjoy delicious coffee with no fuss or bother of any kind. And in a matter of moments, simply take a cup, a spoon, and a glass jar of soluble coffee. Put a spoonful of coffee in a cup and add hot water and that's all there is to it. But make sure to buy your soluble coffee in a glass jar. Glass jars are easy to open. A quick turn of your wrist and the coffee is ready. And then, too, your spoon fits easily and conveniently into the wide top of the jar. No trouble in measuring. And last but not least glass jars protect the flavor and freshness of soluble coffee perfectly against moisture or contamination of any kind. Now, most of the better packers of soluble coffee protect their products by using clean, sanitary anchor glass containers and anchor caps, both products of anchor hawking. The most famous name in glass.
2: I found him lying here, behind the statue, uh, just as you see him. Oh, he's dead, all right. A knife through his throat. Just the right spot, Ann, so he'd make no sound.
3: Who could have killed him?
2: It had to be someone here, Marcel.
3: Definitely. You tried to kill him earlier this evening, Blister.
2: Now don't you point the finger at me, Daisy. You've been suspected of other killers. I'll be you. careful, Tom. You did it, please. I didn't. I swear I didn't. I think the consul nailed it on you. If all of you against me accused me, maybe the will. But I'm giving her no chance. I'm doing a land. You're not leaving here. Yes, I am. you got a gun, Kate. Leave yeah. away from me, all of you. i not taking a rap for something I didn't do. I'm getting out of here. Anyone who tries to stop me gets a bullet. <laughs> oh, oh. Aubrey! Oh. Oh, Alderley. You shot him. One has the right to shoot an escaping murderer. Luckily, I had a gun. Oh, the police, Casey. Okay, Alderley. Good job of shooting you did. Caught Blister squarely between the eyes. That's the
1: complete story, Casey.
2: I don't think I've left out anything, Logan. And what do you
1: say, Miss Williams?
3: Oh, I can think of nothing that Casey hasn't told you, Captain.
1: Sergeant, no. you finished searching those two bodies?
3: Just now, Captain. There's no diamond ring on the
4: guy
2: who was stabbed around Blister Hogland either.
1: I'll have the man do a detailed search of the studio for us. Yes,
2: Captain. You know, that ring may have no connection with... Fallon stabbing, is Look, Logan, when a hunk of ice worth a good 15 grand is missed at about the same time that a guy suspected of taking it, is found murdered. Yeah, I know. Easy, do you think Blister killed Bert? Well, Logan, I did. I fell in line with everybody else who was accusing him because I wasn't thinking then. Well, now I, I don't know. But you'll testify that Higgins was justified in shooting Blister. I'll have to. guy was a murder suspect, Threatened us with a gat, and he tried to escape. Now, I'd have
3: shot him myself,
2: if I'd had a gun. Not as accurately as Higgins did. Yeah, it was good shooting.
3: Higgins told us he does a lot of pistol practice.
1: Yeah, he told me that when he showed me his permit for the gat he used. You say Higgins discovered Fallon's daughter.
3: But the police surgeon says Fallon was dead at least 15 minutes before the discovery was made. You can't think Higgins had anything to do with it. I'm
1: simply thinking, Miss Williams. Nobody recalls seeing anybody near the spot where Fallon was found?
2: Well, we were all gathered all, we all over this barn of a place, Logan, moving around, you know, what the bodies are like. Everyone excepting yourselves, been drinking pretty heavily and was inclined to be quarrelsome. Marcel hadn't had much to drink.
3: Too busy crunching gum.
2: Higgins wasn't quarrelsome, And he was tight. Until he found the body that sobered him up. Yeah, it naturally would. A uh, fat girl lost the ring. Do you have a lot of dough? A couple of millions, Fallon, told him. What about Thompson? Thompson's an art student. He goes in for... No, it's surrealism, that kind of stuff. Goes for that Marcel, babe. Yes. Yeah. Captain, Captain Logan.
4: Yes, Sergeant? We just found a ring. Is
2: the diamond ring?
4: There's no diamond in it, sir. The stone's been pried, pried oh, out. Pried out? Let see. Here.
2: Strong's been forced to That's the setting that held Daisy's diamond, Logan. Uh-huh. Now, bring the fat gal in here, Sergeant. Bring all the witnesses in here. Yes, sir. Well, it proves that ring wasn't simply lost. It doesn't prove, but it certainly indicates. And how, Logan. Look. Bert Fallon slipped the ring off Daisy's finger as a joke, but somebody saw him do it and got an idea. And that somebody killed the little guy, took the ring, pried out the $15,000 stone because it was easier to conceal, and he just sat tight. Then when Fallon's dead body was discovered, it was a cinch that Blister would be immediately suspected and accused of the murder. If he'd gotten away with his run out, even for a short time. No one would believe that he hadn't stolen the diamond in addition to knifing Fowler. Now, Higgins' gunshots spoiled things for the real thief and killer. Sure, because Blister was killed before he could leave this studio. And your search of his body, proves he didn't have the diamond. Now, if your theory is right, it'll eliminate Higgins and the fat guy. He had no reason to steal her own diamonds.
3: Leaves only uh, Thompson and uh, Marcel. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: Casey, I think your theory is 100%. Well,
2: thanks, Eddie. All right, it's, right it's right oh, in. Now, let's go over and meet him halfway now, you people, sit down. Make yourselves comfortable. Oh, thank you. Uh, Here's your pet chair, myself. Oh,
6: thank you, Tony. Have you
3: found my ring, Captain?
2: Uh, we haven't found your diamond, Mrs. Leland Carmichael. Oh, dear. Well, they will find it,
3: Well, oh, I hope so, Andrew. You know it's my luck.
2: I'm going to ask a few personal questions, starting with you, Mr. Thompson. All right. Have you any money of your own? That is personal. I can get it from other sources if you don't tell me. I'm an artist. A bad one, many people think, which means I'm always broke. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. What's your financial status, Marcel?
3: Why, I have only what I make as a model and what Mr. Higgins give me besides.
2: What do you give her besides, Mr. Higgins? I am... I'm afraid I haven't been very generous with
6: Marcel. But you have, Sherry.
3: One hundred dollars a month just for spending money. You
1: give you any diamonds?
3: No. I do not care for a diamond. <laughs> any woman who says that is a liar. Do not say I die. please. Uh,
2: pipe down. Marcel Thompson. Huh? Which of you two has that stolen diamond? Stolen diamond?
3: Which
6: one of us? Well,
2: won't do you any good. you hand it over, or must we search the two of you?
3: Oh, I have never been so insulted. Search me immediately. I demand that you search me.
2: You seem very sure of yourself. Of course she's sure. Uh, will you steal anything, Captain? Now we're going to see about that, Mr. Higgins. Sergeant,
1: send for a matron to search this girl.
4: Right, Captain.
2: Say, Logan, maybe you can save yourself a lot of trouble. Huh? A quick way to hide a diamond would be to wrap it in a wad of chewing gum. Chewing gum? Yes. There's one on the edge of Marcel's favorite chair. Well, let's see. Marcel is the
3: only one here who chews that stuff. I put nothing inside my chewing gum.
2: Uh, someone put something inside this wad. A the knife, Logan. Scrape the stuff off. I didn't... I swear I didn't. It's a diamond.
3: It's my diamond. I didn't.
6: I didn't.
2: We'll go into that at headquarters, Marcel, thoroughly. I'm taking you there now. Oh, no.
3: Do not let him over. Help me.
2: Wait. I stole that diamond, Captain. You, it. Yeah. I hid it where you found it. Now, let Marcel go. <laughs> You think this Thompson's confession was just a noble act, huh? Oh, sure. Of course it was, Everbert. So is Lowe. Yeah, so am I. Thompson's so crazy about
3: that phony Marcel. He'd go to the chair to protect her.
2: Maybe they both done it together. You say the suspects was eliminated down to just them two? On the basis of my theory. Hmm? But I can't see her doing it cold-bloodedly for no better motive than a diamond too hot to wear and too hot to sell. Well, she could have had a double motive, Casey. You and Miss Williams say the dead guy was one of them practical jokers. Ain't you ever wanted to knock off one of them pests? Ethelbert has something there, Casey. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe a lot. Excuse me, I'm going for a walk.
3: I'll go
4: with
2: you. No, no, no. I want to be alone. (laughs) Think. Casey, thanks, Andre. Oh, I'm not uh, disturbing your work. Well, I'm scarcely in a mood for work after what happened here last evening. Anyway, I have been away from the studio until a few minutes ago. I down the jail with morning. Oh, how is she today? Oh, she feels utterly friendless. Even things I'm against her. Hmm. You're trying to help her. You, you believe she's innocent, naturally. How does she feel about Thompson? The idiot's phony grandstand confession strengthened the circumstantial case against her. Uh, that was the net result of it. Mind if I sit down, Andre? Oh, yes, yes, please do. Oh, uh, are you paying me this, uh, unexpected but, uh, welcome visit as a newspaper man or as a friend case? This <laughs> is a, this is a guy. Oh. Hey, Andre, uh, what's your frank opinion of, uh, Mrs. Leland Carmichael, Daisy? Why, uh, All around, good fellow. Very uh, superstitious, isn't she? That's very. And so I gathered from her talk about that ring. She kind of got on my nerves last night. She's too common. she's too bossy. Daisy can be a bit trying. Yes, and Marcella, a million dollars worth of looks, quarters worth of brains. She'd be hard to take as a steady diet. Now, really, Casey, I... Lister was hard to take, and Thompson and Bert Fallon, but all these people had fastened onto you like leeches. What are you driving at? Just this. You saw a chance to get rid of all of them in one sweep last night, and you took it. You got Daisy's diamond, you planted it to frame Marcel, you killed Fallon, and then Blister, so you could be free. How will you prove this idea of yours? The cops will prove it when I sell them. You haven't done that no. yet. I'll just bring it on you first to see how you'd react. Your face has told me that my theory is good. What does this reaction tell you? I, I thought the cops impounded that gun you killed Blister with. They did. This is another... No one else will realize the motive for what I did. I didn't kill for profit or because of hatred. I simply had to be free to the friends who were wrecking my life. They were driving me mad. I was too weak, too cowardly, to send them away. Now you threaten my freedom, so I must kill again. Oh, you don't. don't. You've got his gun, Sergeant. Get the cuffs on him.
4: All done, Captain.
2: Logan, I was beginning to think you'd make your play just a little too late. You you policemen were hiding it let ourselves in here while you were visiting Marcel's to jail. Casey, you said you hadn't told anyone. Well, never trust the newspaper guy, Andre. We're terrible liars.
1: We'll join the crowd at the Blue Note in just a moment. One week from tonight, when we join you on the air, it'll be Christmas. But there are still five shopping days ahead. And if you put off any of your Christmas shopping until this last hectic week, here's a very simple solution. Between now and Christmas, your favorite chain store, department store, and other stores selling Chinaware and glass will be featuring the amazing new anchor glass heat-proof dinnerware known as Jadeite. And that's spelled J-A-D-E-I-T-E. Jadeite. Now, Jadeite has the beauty of fine Chinese porcelain. It has the color of oriental jade yet it's as sturdy as the Fire King oven glass you use for baking. And jadeite prices will be particularly easy on your Christmas budget. For instance, a complete 35-piece service for six costs less than $5. And jadeite in open stock is unbelievably low in cost. So be sure to ask for jadeite by name. Jadeite, the newest triumph of Anchor Hawking, The most famous name, In
4: glass. I
2: gave you your notion about Higgins, Casey? You sure did, Albert. When you said everybody would like to kill pests. Yeah, but nobody does kill them. They just say they'd like to... It's always an exceptional person.
3: A fact, naturally, only realized by an exceptional person like uh, Miss Casey.
2: <laughs> exactly, Miss Williams, and thank you, Miss Williams.
3: You're welcome. Well, anyway,
2: when I, when I started to think seriously of pest extermination as a motive, the parts that hadn't fit fell right into place. There's two parts that don't fit for me. Uh, what's that? Higgins killed Fallon, framed Marcel for the murder and robbery, and then shot Blister Hoagland to make the frame stick. A street pest he figured out of his way, but he wanted to be rid of two more,
3: Thompson and Daisy. Well, Marcel was the attraction that made Thompson hang around Higgins' place. Once she was removed, he would be removed.
2: And Daisy was intensely superstitious. She'd never risk her luck around Higgins again. Oh. I don't approve of Higgins' methods, Casey, but I got sympathy for his feelings. Oh, how I'd like to make a clean sweep of a lot of piss.
4: Good night, Ethelbert.
2: Yeah. Oh, good night,
4: great.
1: <laughs> Prime Photographer, starring Stodd Cotsworth as Casey, is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation, makers of Fire King Oven Glass, Anchor Glass Container, Anchor caps and closures, all products of Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Photographer is directed by John D The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Dan Miner as Anne and John Gibson as Appelbert. Herman Chittison is the Blue Note pianist. Salvation Army kettles are here. Help bring the other million a bit of Christmas cheer. Let's make this Christmas a happy one for our American kids by dropping a coin in a Salvation Army Christmas kettle. <laughs> This is Tony Marvin saying goodnight for the Anchor Hocking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. This is CBS Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invites you to Let George Do It. <laughs> Death in Blue Jeans.
7: Another adventure of George Valentine. Personal notice. changes my stock and trade. If you feel as though you've just read your own name in the obituary columns, you get a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details. <laughs>
8: My dear Mr. Valentine, as the librarian in a small motherlode town like Benson Flats, I don't see much of the world, but right here in my own books, I can see murder. And the horrible part of it is the man who will die won't believe it. Mr. Valentine, he's the man I've chosen to marry. Please come, please hurry but don't on any account let anyone know why you're coming or all of us will be in terrible danger. You can find me alone at the library in the evening. Yours truly, Miss Emily Windrick. <laughs>
6: Oh, it's cold.
7: Fresh air, Brooksy. Fresh air. Yeah. You're in the mountains. <laughs>
6: oh, well, you don't have to drive over every one of them, do you? Sorry, Angel.
7: They must have built this road back in the gold rush.
6: Uh,
7: hey, you hear that? Yeah. Sounded like.
6: Hey, George. Where are they coming from?
7: I don't know. It's so dark and all these trees.
6: Oh, maybe someone's out hunting.
7: Hey, hang on, Brooksy. Get down. Get oh. down.
6: Oh, golly. Could you see anybody?
7: Flashes by the side of the road. Rained at us, all right.
6: But how could they find out about Miss Wintrick riding to us and... Hey, George, what's that? Uh,
7: that's a roadblock. Somebody's stomping all the cars.
6: Yeah, there's a man with a lantern talking to them.
7: Yeah. Well, he looks official. Maybe now we get the answer. All right, all right. Drive on. Well, good evening. Well, uh, hello, folks. Welcome to Benson Flats. Well, does everybody coming to town get shot at, or were we just lucky? That happened to you, stranger?
6: Don't tell me you didn't hear. It was just around the last curve.
7: That's all. Excuse my lantern. Get a check. That's all. Well, well you don't have to hold that gun so close. I can count the notches. We don't aim to hurt nobody. So just step out of the car, quiet, Blake. Come on now.
6: You better, George.
7: Okay, Jesse James. Now, do you mind telling me what this is all about? Don't be so far touchy, stranger.
5: Uh, you need me, Pete? Yeah,
7: Dusty. Suppose you drive the girl into town. Oh, no, you don't. Brian. Hey,
5: stranger, cut it out. Look out,
7: course, Pete. I, I him. Don't worry. Oh, now look, a little Abner. For if the you... last time, stranger. Nobody's going to get hurt unless you want it that way.
6: What do you characters think you're doing?
7: Just taking your boyfriend to a nice, safe place, lady.
6: Huh?
7: The jail. <laughs> Hey, 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 Come on, come on. Cheeler. Anybody. All
5: right, all right. Simmer down. Simmer down. I don't feel so good. I don't like all that noise. Well, that's
7: tough, Buster. What's this all about? Just
5: call me Saddlebag, partner. Everybody else does.
7: Why? Because you wear them under your eyes?
5: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. No, I'll tell you. I come to see you because I'm the judge.
7: Judge? You look about as legitimate as this jail does.
5: Well, it used to be the jail, back in the old mining days. I remember back in... Forget it, will you? Now, what do you want?
7: What do they do with a girl, Miss Brooks?
5: Ain't interested in history, huh? Okay, partner. <laughs> That's the way you feel. Come on now, come on. But I won't you. No tricks now. Don't
7: worry. I'll wait till we're using my deck. <laughs>
5: Maybe it's Elsa's you got to make you act like... Oh, I know, I know. All you care about is the girl. All right, partner, take a look. What? Hello, George. Hey, Brooksy, what on earth is... in the court, everybody! Harder in the court! Oh, George, you look so funny. He sure does, miss. And it's gonna cost him 20 bucks. What? Would you... <laughs> you don't have a beard. 20 bucks or back to jail. If you shave while you're in town... Twenty bucks more. (laughs) A beard?
7: Oh, brother, now I've heard everything.
5: Welcome to the Benson's Flat Centennial Week, partner. Everything like it used to be a hundred years ago. (laughs) Oh, don't touch And the foot, don't don't worry. Blank cottages won't hurt you now. Come on, boys. Let's get another stranger without a beard. (laughs)
6: Oh, Mr. Valentine, I'm, I'm so glad you finally got here. It took him a little time to count out $20, Miss Wintry. Shh, not so loud, huh? please. Uh,
7: does one always whisper in the library, even when there's nobody around?
6: Oh, but there is someone
8: over there behind the magazines. Now, if you'll follow me, we'll go in here where we can talk. But take a good look at it as you go by.
7: Yeah, all right, Miss Wintry.
8: There. That's why I asked you
6: to come in this evening. Did you see him?
7: Yeah. Tall, graying, dignified, but dressed in homemade clothes.
6: He looked like he was just staring at those comic books. He comes in here every
8: night. He just sits there. He's trying to be casual, that's all. But then he takes his real
7: books out. Oh, Miss Wintrick, suppose you start at the beginning.
6: Yes. What does all this have to do with the murder you said you were afraid of? He's certainly not the one you... Chosen?
8: Well, I hope to goodness not. <laughs> but you see, he, is the man out there, is Henry Benson.
7: Benson? Like in Benson Flats? Uh,
8: yes, it's an old-time mining family. Only Henry's never been in town until the last two weeks. He's, oh. he's always lived in the hills alone, ever since he was a boy. Most people don't even remember there was such a person. I see. He came to visit his brother unexpectedly. His brother, who's considerably more well-to-do than he. In mining? Oh, there, there's very little mining here these days. But his brother is the owner of the big family house and so on.
6: And it's the brother you're going to marry, is it?
8: Yes. <laughs> yes, saddlebags, Benson. Saddlebags?
7: You mean you and...
8: Yes, yes, indeed, Mr. Valentine. <laughs> of course, it's, it's still a secret to everyone else, but I, I assure you we,
6: we've already asked each other. <laughs> well, how nice. Frankly, I'm a little surprised myself, Miss Wintrick. Saddlebags didn't impress me as being, well, exactly your type. Then then you've met him.
7: Yes, we could hardly avoid it.
8: Oh, I know he's rough and full of good spirits, but that's what I love about him. He's so. Oh,
7: well... uh, Miss Wintrick, what makes you think that. Gentleman...
8: Oh, Mr. Ben.
2: Excuse me. Now.
8: Why, not at all.
2: If you're busy. I'll wait.
7: Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Miss Wintrick's just showing us around. Uh, you see, we're uh, magazine reporters covering the
2: Centennial. You'll find most of that outside, uh, Mr. Uh, did
8: you want me to check some more books out, Mr.
2: Benson? I can wait, thanks.
8: Oh, don't be ridiculous. We still have lots of questions we want
6: to ask Miss Wintrick.
8: Oh, yes, yes, of course. I, I'll take care of you right now.
7: That's uh, quite a stack of books you have there, friend. You must do a lot of reading. And, uh... You must like science, Mr.
2: Benson. Huh? Why? Just give me back the book, please. Yeah, sure. Night, Miss
8: Winfrey. Good night, Mister Benson. Hey, strange, isn't
7: he? So he's reading An Introduction to Basic Chemistry and Beacon's Guide to...
8: Poison. Oh, I've made a list of the others he's taken. Here it is. Every book we have in the library on poison. Uh-huh.
7: And it's your idea from that that he's going to poison his brother, Saddlebags?
8: Oh, I know it sounds far-fetched, but Henry's penniless. And they're the only two left in the family, so he's everything to gain.
7: Oh, but really, Miss winter.
8: Listen, I... listen, please. Saddlebags has always been as healthy as, as an old horse. Even the doctor told him so the last time he was in the city. But three times in the last week, three times, mind you, he's had attacks. Spells. Well, George, he didn't look too well tonight.
7: Yeah, I remember well, what's his explanation, Miss Wintrick? Oh, he just laughed
8: and says I'm being silly. But, Mr. Valentine, you're not going to say that, are you? You will stay. You will help me, won't you?
7: All right, Miss Wintrick, all right. We'll check in at the hotel and see you in the morning.
8: Oh, thank you.
7: <laughs> and don't let it worry you if I'm worrying a beard.
8: <laughs> Good night. Good night, Miss Good night, Miss Wintrick. <laughs>
7: Brother, will you listen to that? Yeah. Really whooping it up, aren't
6: you? Yeah, i a little spinster sits there in her library scared to death of something else. You know, George, now I'm the one who's beginning to wonder. Uh huh.
7: I know what you're thinking, Brooksy. <laughs> if there is anything to her idea, poison's a funny weapon for any man up here to pick, isn't it?
6: Poison? A woman's weapon. Oh, no, she couldn't.
0: George!
7: I'm sorry, Angel. I didn't mean to oh, shove oh, so gosh. hard. But I think we'll make a complaint to the local sheriff in the morning. What's the matter? There's too much shooting going on here. Look at my coat. But Oh, George. Yeah. That hole didn't come from a blank cartridge or from a spinster's imagination.
4: Square dancing in the street, 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, sounds like fun, Sheriff, but I wish you'd. Yeah, sure is. But being shot at's a little different, eh, Mr. Valentine? Yes, yes, I know. My assistant out there, Stevens, told me you complained about it. Well, I'm just touchy about things like that. Last night, eh? Uh, and your magazine people, he said. <laughs> Not very good public relations for Benson Flats. You don't seem to take this very seriously, Sheriff. Oh, but you must realize it was just an accident, Miss Brooks. You do now, don't you, Mr. Valentine?
2: Maybe. Uh,
4: Mr. Valentine, you don't impress me as a man who'd be complaining about a near miss.
7: Well, Sheriff, maybe I just want to do a little horse trading.
4: Huh? What do you mean?
7: We forget to advertise the bullet... And in return, you give us some good stories. You know, good local color.
4: Oh, well, now you're talking my language. What do you know about
7: the Benson family, Sheriff?
4: Huh? Benson's?
7: Why? Well, it's Benson Flats. Better make a good article.
4: Yeah. I can, uh, I can see how you'd feel that way. Saddlebags is certainly a colorful character. No soap. Saddlebags is pretty busy right now. Centennial committee and all. I'm not sure he'd want to be bothered. I'm asking you, Sheriff. Eh... Sorry, can't help you, Mister Valentine.
6: Well, what about his brother, the big silent mountain man? They're such a contrast. I, uh, I don't know much
4: about Henry either, Miss.
7: Now, look, we thought there might be something in why he came to town for the first time in years. You know,
4: that's all. Did you? <laughs> oh, say now, no, no, no! You're off on the wrong tack, folks. What you want is some real color, like uh, well, like the hang tree, or uh,
7: then there's. Nothing you want to tell us about the Bensons, eh, Sheriff?
4: But if there's, well, if there's any other way I can help, I, I, oh, uh, any other way. Hey, what's the Hey, Sheriff. Oh, oh, it's nothing. I, George. Mrs. Stevens, anybody get a doctor, quick.
7: It won't do much good, Brooksy. What? That poison Miss Wintrick worried so much about. The Sheriff seems to be full of it.
0: return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. When mother wants to use the family car for some hurry-up shopping, when brother wants the car for a very special date, or when it's dad's club night, there had just better be Chevron Supreme gasoline in the tank. For there are no slow starts with premium quality Chevron Supreme. The moment you press the starter, you're off to a good start, a fast start. Chevron Supreme's special blending gives your car faster warm-up, too, and ping-free power on hills. Count on it to get the best out of your car wherever you drive and whatever the reason. You see, Chevron Supreme's climate-tailored, specially blended according to the time of year and to each different altitude and temperature zone in the West. For today's high-compression engines, you can't buy a better gasoline. Try Tankful tomorrow. Get Chevron Supreme at Standard Stations and at independent Chevron gas stations where they say and mean we take better care of your car. drive to an isolated little town in the mother lode, only to find that they've rolled back the sidewalks for a centennial celebration. Before you know it, you're not only charged $20 for not sporting a beard, but you're shot at. You go to see your client, a timorous spinster who fears that the man she's chosen to marry will be murdered by his brother, but it's the cagey local sheriff who dies instead. Well, when the doctor confirms that the weapon was poison, you turn the crime over to the proper authorities. Then at least, if you study the primer as well as George Valentine does, you waste no time in cherishing the fam.
6: Oh, dear. But what did you tell them about me? Oh, not much, Miss Windrick. But what?
7: Well, the man who's handling it, Mr. Stevens, seems both efficient and trustworthy. But I didn't tell him much. Because I don't think you told me much.
8: Well, I, I, I explained to you last night. Yeah, but... I know, Miss
7: Wintrick You showed us Henry Benson, who's been taking out books on poison. But you gave us no reason why you were so sure he was thinking of murder.
6: But I told you... Come to think of it, why all this secrecy in the first
7: place? Yes, everything's secret. Even your engagement, to saddlebags.
6: Oh, stop it. Stop it, both of you.
7: Now, look, oh, no. I'm afraid you'll have to trust us a little more.
6: Oh, I, I, I'm so confused. The poor sheriff dying. Oh, no, dear. Please, we just want to help you.
8: Did, did you ever see what happens in a gold rush?
7: Gold? You... You mean somebody's actually... I
8: did, Mr. Valentine. Right here in my own library, I found gold. Go on, go on. Well, I i was doing the research for the centennial old papers and letters and so on, and I I came across a description of a lost mine, one of the old Benson mines. And so you went to Saddlebags with the news. I didn't know what else to do. I, I knew I could trust him, and anyway, it really belonged to him. Besides, I'd always... Well, he... If he found out about the mine
6: from me... I think I understand
8: this, Oh, you? it's been the most thrilling thing in my life, having a secret with him. <laughs> with a man.
0: Yeah.
8: Uh, of course, you understand, I, I wasn't asking for a share of the mine or anything like that, but... Now, Willie, he, he does like me. There's no reason we can't be happy together. Yes,
7: I'm sure he loves you for yourself.
8: Well, thank you. He might someday... Anyway, there was so much to be done at first, the legal things on the property and arranging the claims without letting anyone guess. Well, what about his brother, Henry? Well, I told you he came to town unexpectedly, and, of course, Saddlebacks intended to, to save him his proper share, but Henry was always so unpredictable, so unreliable. So Saddlebacks just told him a little bit about some good luck and begged him to be patient.
7: Uh-huh. Just about then, Henry started coming here to the library to take out books on poison.
5: Uh-huh. Saddlebag, where inarnation are you, where am I?
6: Oh! Now, now, come on, now, Saddlebag. The doctor said you should keep drinking this. Come on.
5: do no, Don't taste good, Miss Brooks.
6: Yeah, I know, I know.
5: Why can't I have some whiskey? You'll have no such thing, Saddlebag. Oh, blast your skinny soul, Emily. Okay. That's better, come <clears throat> Where am I, anyway?
7: You're all right, Saddlebags. doctor will take you home in a few minutes.
5: Oh, hello, Stevens. And partner.
7: Uh-huh.
5: <laughs> Going whiskers now, I see. Good.
7: Yeah, that's right. I wanted to be in the spirit of things the gold rush.
5: Uh, What?
8: Well, I told them. I I had to tell them. Oh, Saddleback, I'm so sorry. Oh,
5: it's all right, Emily. It's all right. Everything's been taken care of anyway. Legal stuff all finished.
7: Okay, then maybe you will answer some fast questions. Maybe. We talked to the sheriff earlier, but he didn't want to talk about you. (laughs) That's natural.
0: Why?
5: Well, he's in on it with me, that's why. Helping with the legal end. He's sort of a small apartment.
0: You mean was. The sheriff's dead.
5: Dead? But, but he stopped by the house just after breakfast for a
7: little... The sheriff t- was poisoned. And he ate breakfast in the drugstore. We checked.
5: Who's we? Uh, him and me and... And Henry? Told him all about the mine this morning. Figured it was time
8: to... But then he poured the drinks. I know he did. He must
5: have. Oh, shut up, Emily. No, he didn't. Only, come to think of it... He didn't take one, either. They said he'd wait till later. You know where he is now? No, darn it, I don't. Look, Stevens, he's a Benson, and I don't care what Emily hey, thinks... Hey, Saddlebags, the doctor said you
7: had more poison in you than the sheriff. Now, come on, you've got a pretty good idea where he is, don't you? Why don't you spill it?
5: All right. Heading for the mine, of course. A little while after the sheriff left the house, I went into my desk to look up the papers. Yeah, only when I opened the desk, I saw the old original letter telling about the location of the mine was missing. He yelled for Henry. He wasn't anywhere in the house. Well, I thought maybe Emily had it. I was on the way to the library to ask her when the pains got me.
7: Okay, saddlebags, thanks. All set, Valentine? You ready? Look, Stevens, do you mind telling me what you're going to do with the rest of those people out there? You don't need that many deputies to go beating the brush for Henry. We can handle the crowd, all
6: right. How'd they find out so fast, anyway? In a
7: little town, you'd be surprised how well folks add two and two, Miss Brooks. Here's a gun for you, Valentine. Hey, wait a second.
4: Hey, listen to that.
6: Just like in the good old days Are you
4: sure? I
7: said don't worry The minute that crowd finds out it's Gold Henry's up there for They'll forget all about him Then we'll have the whole state of California on our necks Okay, Stevens, but we're not going with you but I? No, no, we're out of it You've got your crimes and you know who you're looking for Come on, Brooksy Okay, see you later
6: George, what on they earth? They just
7: don't know where to look, Brooksy, that's all. Huh? Come on, Angel, out the back way. We're going to get Henry Benson first.
6: Say, this must have been quite a place in the old days when it was kept up.
7: Yeah. Take it easy, Angel. I don't know exactly what we're going to find, but I think we'd better go in without knocking.
6: California hospitality. Yeah. Well, here goes nothing.
7: Mr. Benson. Mr. Benson.
6: Well, George, it's only a hunch. Henry's here anyway. He? It's only. Hey, let that's
7: Let's upstairs. <laughs> Come on. Not in here. This room, George. Yeah, there he is. All right.
6: Oh, not again.
7: I'm yeah, afraid so, Brooksy. More poison.
6: Look, George, he's still holding a bottle.
7: Come on, get his collar loose. Yeah. Must have just taken it a few minutes ago.
6: George, the bottle's even marked. Penciled on the whiskey label. Special bottle.
7: I guess that's it, all right. Exhibit A. Now, look, Brooksy, there's got to be a phone. Or if there isn't, take the car. Yeah, machine. I
6: know. I know, George.
7: Hey, how about that? Right in your pocket, huh? The old mine letter.
6: Settleback! Doctor!
4: Uh-huh. Doctor!
7: Hey, hurry up here, will you? Come on, get up here.
5: Yes, coming,
7: I'm coming. Uh, what is it? Got another customer, Doc.
5: Well, looks like he paid his own bill, don't it? Henry! Partner, what happened? All right, clear out of here, all of you. Go on, out of here. Get out. Can, can he do anything? Can he save him? I don't know,
2: Saddlebags.
6: Henry must have seen all the excitement in town. He knew everybody was out to find him, so... Instead of going to the mine, he came back here.
2: Yeah, it looks that way.
6: And then because he knew the jig was up, he drank his own whiskey.
7: I won't believe it. Well, it's what the evidence says. The bottle was in his hand. This was in his pocket.
5: Mm. The mine letter from my desk. Description of where the mine is. Uh
7: And nobody could have planted this stuff on him after the poison hit because that only happened a few minutes ago. Anyway, he was the one who took those books on poisoning out of the library in the first place. I know, but don't burn it... Buck bonnet... up, saddlebags, buck up. You're taking this too hard.
5: George, has gone.
7: Pardon? Sidearms, Brooksy, only now I've got it. How do you like that, tenderfoot? Little trick I learned from seeing Westerns. And I'll bet this isn't loaded with blanks either. And the bullet that just missed me last night came from this gun. Pardon? What's the matter with you? Your brother didn't leave this house since breakfast, did he? He didn't even know there was a mine to go look at.
5: Well, what are you talking about?
7: You saddlebags. A guy who's so greedy for gold, he's got to rub out everyone who owns a share and blame it on his brother. What are you going to do with Emily? Just not marry her? You're out of your mind. You've been working on it for a couple of weeks. You even gave yourself small doses of poison to build up a resistance. So you wouldn't die when you drank it this morning with the sheriff.
5: George, you've just been seeing the the evidence is the letter. That's
7: easy, friend. Like the bottle. Just suppose after the sheriff left, you gave the bottle to Henry, knowing he'd drink from it sooner or later. Why? The letter. Suppose you gave him the letter and told him to keep it. Only he never knew what was in it. Just like he never knew what was in those books you sent him down to the library to get.
5: You're not making sense, partner. Henry, he's blind. No, but he's a better Patsy than if
7: he were. Because you've been keeping a secret for your bashful backward hillbilly brother, haven't you?
6: George, what are you driving at?
7: That everything that happened does make sense. If you just suppose for a minute that Henry can't read.
8: Yes, Henry took the books out by number, index number. I understand, but... Oh, uh, well,
7: uh, Miss Wintrick, we have to be going. It's a long drive, But and... how
8: did Saddlebacks persuade Henry to run his errands for him? And, and why was Henry so bashful about not being able to read? Do we have to draw
6: you a diagram? Ask him. He's all better. Henry liked to come to the library. He liked to sit there pretending he was reading the comic book.
7: What's that? Uh, you, you see, Emily, he uh, he really wanted to look at the librarian. Oh, but
8: you don't. Oh, Henry Benson?
6: <laughs> do you really think so?
7: <laughs> Goodbye, Miss Winfrey.
6: Good luck. Well,
7: if at first you don't succeed, try, try again.
6: Oh, George, do we have to go so soon? We haven't even seen the centennial. We have
7: much time, Angel.
6: Hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. i loading a square, darling, pot. Oh, darling. Mm-hmm
7: maybe it's not such a bad idea.
6: Ooh, your beard, George, I forgot. Well, so long, Benson Flat. See when you have a shave.
0: If you're going away on a vacation pretty soon, you're probably figuring out just where you'll be driving each day and how you're going to spend those happy vacation hours. To help you stay on your carefree vacation schedule, why not give your car's engine the extra protection of RPM motor oil? This compounded premium quality oil cleans the engine as it lubricates. A special detergent in RPM disperses sludgy carbon particles, keeps internal parts cleaner, free of carbon and lacquer deposits. Other compounds in RPM stop corrosive rust, protect the hot spots left bare and exposed to wear by ordinary motor oils. So rely on RPM motor oil to help keep your vacation free of trouble. Remember, the extra protection RPM gives car engines makes it first choice in the West. Ask for RPM at independent Chevron gas stations and at standard stations where they say and mean we take better care of your car. Next week, when we catch up with the very groggy George Valentine... aboard a luxury cruiser in foreign waters, we'll hear... Oh, well,
6: Take it easy, darling. Oh. You've been out, that's all.
0: Yeah, sure, and a hammer works. Hey, Brooksy, the ship isn't moving.
7: What time is it?
6: Ten o'clock. In the morning. What happened,
7: George? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. I was walking on the deck and the Empire State Building fell on me. Ten o'clock, huh? Oh, well, then we've dropped anchor. Come on, quick, Brooksy, give me my coat. George, you're not going ashore. Not yet. Because there's a fortune in smuggled stuff on this ship. And, Brooksy, I want to be sure it's still there. <laughs>
0: This adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and Standard stations throughout the West. Robert Bailey is starred as George, with Francis Robinson as Brooksy. Let George Do It is written by David Victor and Herbert Little, Jr., and directed by Don Clark. Also heard in the cast were Sarah Selby as Emily, Horace Murphy as Saddlebag, Stephen Chase as Henry, Dick Ryan as Sheriff, Ken Christie as Pete, and Jack Mather as Stevens. Here's more from Casey Crime, photographer Let George Do It, past episodes of Case Closed, and all the other Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like to help support this and all of the Relic Radio shows, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. We can't do it without your support. Thank you very much to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed. Case Closed